everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I'm a junior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a new topic and a different guest. And today, I'm so excited to be introducing my good friend, Bella Yepes. Bella, thanks for being here with me today. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for having me. So today, we're going to be talking about environmental engineering. And also, Bella is a yoga instructor, which is pretty cool. So I feel like that is a good balance between the academics and the stress relief side. So Bella, if you want to give a quick introduction as to who you are, and I kind of already said what you're studying, but just like a general overview. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my name is Isabella Yepes. I'm 20 years old. I'm a junior at Columbia University, and I am studying earth and environmental engineering, and I'm hopefully going for a minor in economics too. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So you're in the School of Engineering and Applied Sciences, so mm -hmm. C's at Columbia, yeah. and you get to have your major and then your concentration through the college? Majors um, only through the Columbia Engineering School, and there's no concentration like it in Columbia College where you can um, choose concentrations, but you can do minors. Um, however, it's uh, rather difficult for like Columbia Engineering just because the major itself is like very, um, I guess, planned out. Like there's yeah. not as much freedom and choice as in Columbia College where you get to like really choose your classes a little more, but it has its pros and cons. So. <laughs> Do you want to give an overview of why you chose earth and environmental engineering as your major? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I like coming into Columbia, I had done some research um, on wetlands and at a local nature preserve. It seems like a lot of people like just focus on the corporations and those things. And I felt like um, the environment was something that also needed like a voice. And so I feel like that kind of motivated me to um, pick environmental engineering, but I was still unsure. Like I, it wasn't really until like when I really declared as a sophomore that I was like all in, I guess, because there's always like um, other really cool majors too. So it was definitely challenging to like really commit to it, but I, I'm happy with it so far. <laughs> so you, you declared in your sophomore year, did you, were you able to speak with any advisors about your major before then? Um, yeah, so I actually spoke to um, like some, uh, my advisor and also some civil engineering advisors and the environmental engineering advisors, because um, what some people do is they do like civil and then they do like a concentration or like not a concentration, but it's like a track in civil that's like environmental engineering um so then i was like considering like where where should i do the environmental should i just do environmental or should i do civil and track environmental and, um, and so i was like kind of like weighing those options and um yeah so i spoke to them about it and i ended up going with environmental just because um there is a like the way most engineering fields are is that they can be like abet accredited which means they um i guess like once you finish your degree, if it's ABET accredited, you can take like your foundations of engineering exam and then you become like an FE engineer. And then later on you can take like the PE, which is like the professional engineering and that's like your PE license. And then, so there was a track just for environmental, like um, separate from civil. So I thought like, oh, if they have a track just for that, then it must mean because I could like just go in that major and it'll be okay. <laughs> So. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> How have you liked it so far? Is it is it what you expected or is it kind of like the classes or how have they been in general? Definitely, um, I guess, challenging for 
uh, like multivariable calculus was really hard mm-hmm. class for me. Um, and then there's like physics, which I don't really love, but chemistry mm-hmm. ones I like enjoyed a little more. <laughs> and yeah, so I guess like there's just those general like engineering requirements that can be like kind of rough. And but like once you get through them, then you can get like your more specific major classes. And um, I like, for example, some of the classes that I t- I've taken already are environmental microbiology, um, solid and hazardous waste management. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, and then energy minerals and material system, which has like some um, work on like mining. And like, so there's like different kind of areas you can go into. Um, and yeah, there's also like hard classes like um, chemical thermodynamics, which I did mm-hmm. not like. <laughs> yeah, because you have to, so for like the engineering, you have to go through your all engineering core kind of, and then you get to go into your major specific ones, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Do you think that the, for environmental engineering specifically, do you think that the core classes helped you build skills to grow upon or? Yeah, I think um, definitely, I think the ones that were more relevant for me were like, chemical classes and some of the math classes mm-hmm. um but I feel like like there were some that were like maybe not as relevant but they still like helped me um in some ways of like kind of like taking a challenging course and getting through it which like yeah kind of gives you like a problem solving lesson yeah. you know I'm sure that you've taken chemistry classes um as pre-med so you understand like that kind of um it teaches you this like problem solving mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think that's like I've heard, this wasn't my professor, but one of my friends, or maybe it was someone I saw, heard online, said that their professor was like, you're not supposed to, I mean, like, hopefully you will learn something specific from this class, but like the main thing you'll get out of it is knowing how to study for your other classes and knowing how to learn, like your own style of learning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I guess kind of going related to environmental engineering, um, but outside of classes, what have you been involved in, um, like internships or research or something like that? Um, sure. So this past summer, um, I had like a virtual research assistant position um, with a professor at Columbia. And um, he does work with a lot of different aspects, but he has some kind of like preservative that he created that was like a natural um, antimicrobial. And so um, he kind of like marketed and commercialized this product in Greece. And then um, he wanted to bring it to the United States. And so um, I was involved in that project in doing like a market analysis. So not really like um, a lot of STEM, more of like a kind of like a econ business side, but it was like still interesting to like, um, I guess do that research and create like a report and then um, present it to him. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So it ties into your your econ minor then. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's actually like an um, earth and environmental engineering professor, but he had this like project um, that I um, helped him for it, and so it was actually like more econ. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like the perfect combination of what you're studying. Have you taken econ classes already? Um, I took uh, principles with Gulati, which was pretty notorious, but uh, so that was, I mean, I took that one. And then this semester I'm taking two other um, econ related classes. And then I'm planning on taking um, two or three over the summer uh, to uh, get the requirements in. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Do you have a lot, like, because we're both juniors, right? So do you have a lot 
of the major to still fulfill in your senior year? Um, I think major. I'm like, uh, well, there's actually a bulletin that you can find online as well. <laughs> but it has like the, um, each semester for engineers, there, there's like a list of classes that you're supposed to take. And I'm on like track with the requirements, but I think the majority of the major specific classes will be like tech electives. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a more, a little more like choice in what classes you get to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I love that you have the bulletin right yeah. next to you. Is it for, was it for the podcast or was it for your course selection? Um, it was just in case I needed to like, <laughs> read. Oh. if you ask me a question, I wouldn't be like, oh, <laughs> that's really that's really cool yeah oh my gosh okay yeah so just an overview of this academic semester at Columbia so usually we have fall and spring and then summer is optional and so this year our fall and spring were kind of condensed and shortened and then we have a summer session that is a little bit lengthened is that right or kind of um I think yes uh there's two summer sessions um, I think this um, fall, I mean, this spring semester might end early. I think it ends yeah. in April. April I think. Yeah. So then the summer A starts May and then it ends around June and then summer B starts right after that. Oh, until August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then school starts again in September. Yeah. I actually spoke to him. Um, an advisor about this because I was hoping to take those like um, econ requirements in the summer and it turns out that you still have a credit limit of 40 credits the only difference is now you can well at least I don't know if it might be different for CC versus C's but it's like 40 credits and then you can um, distribute them at however you like as long mm-hmm. as it sums up to 40. Right okay yeah I think it's the same for CC I think we're also 40 mm-hmm. yeah so we can take fall spring and summer. And so will you be needing the 40 if you take those three summer classes? Um, I think I might go like, a, if it depends, if I take um, two, then I am under 40. But then if I decide to take that third one, then I'll um, have to like pay for that extra. Um, extra credit or yeah. extra few credits. Okay. Oh, that's cool. That makes sense. Do you like this style more? I kind of do. I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know if it's like, because of the actual way it's like the three terms or if it's because like more professors are like giving take-home exams or, or like, <laughs> I don't know what it is but I feel like it's just a lot less stressful I don't know if it's the same for you how you what you were thinking um in this virtual fall <laughs> yeah so yeah I think it's I think fall was okay for me so I don't think I had like I was I think the the only class I was a little bit worried about was my lab class but that one turned out okay um and the other ones were kind of requirements um like the core requirements and also just like pre-med requirements um this semester so there's okay so in, in addition to the changes with the fall spring and summer they also changed it so that there is something called an intensive course and so you can have like a fall a fall b and so you would be fulfilling your entire course within like half of the time or kind of condensed within one week. So if you meet twice a week, sometimes you'll meet four times a week or you'll meet for longer sessions. So this semester, I'm trying my hand at taking some intensive courses. So I'm ho- hopefully it'll be okay. <laughs> hopefully I'll have my schedule like all set. Um, and that, that would just mean that I would have fewer classes in March and April because I would have finished the the credits like like, before then so um I feel like maybe this semester will be a little bit more difficult than last semester but fingers crossed 
I think we can do this. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't, um, I'm right now mine are just like the normal term length, but it's interesting. You're going for those intensive. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it, like, it's an interesting concept because you're like fitting all of the material into the same amount of time, but just like in a condensed version. So if you have a lot of papers or if there's a lot of projects, then you really have to be on top of your schedule. That's actually a similar system to the one they use at Dartmouth College. They have like um, fall, winter, spring, summer, and like you have to go to three of those four in a year. And then like you have like a short time to like take classes. So it's like similar system. Yeah. Is that, is that in like the normal circumstance or are they doing that now? Uh, that's actually their normal um, circumstance. So. <laughs> wow, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that. Okay. That gives a lot of flexibility then. Yeah, I think so. So going back to environmental engineering and specifically the, the class schedule, do you have any classes or electives specific for the major that you would recommend? Sure. Um, actually, one of my um, classes I took in this uh, last year was this class called um, Climate Adaptation, um, and it was specifically for Rwanda. Um, and the actual course, the way it was structured, it had a study abroad component. Um, so people who take the course get to um, like attend classes, do the discussions, and then they also plan for a summer trip um, actually to Rwanda, and they get to um, like speak to farmers there and ask them about how climate change is affecting their livelihood, and then mm -hmm. They like try to figure out like how they can create policies to help them adapt better. Um, and I actually like was in the class, but unfortunately because of COVID, I didn't get to actually do that summer study abroad trip. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was still like a great class, um, and I would recommend it if anyone's interested in like climate policy, um, either as an environmental engineer or even in sustainable development or any kind of environmentally related field. Yeah, that's so cool. How long would the trip have been? A month or. Uh, like a little more than a month so oh that's actually that's a substantial part of your summer then mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool you mentioned sustainable development majors as well is that that's only in cc right that's only in the college do you yeah. interact with them a lot through the same classes um i guess some of the like elective classes you can have those um people in your classes the other thing is that the Earth Institute at Columbia, they have a lot of like research assistant programs and internships that are open to like even CS majors, like um, even like any person who is interested. Um, and they also sometimes participate in those with the Earth Institute. But yeah, it's like, I guess the focus is a little different, but I do know that there's like a lot of people interested in policy in both majors. So would you want to continue with policy or do you like? What are like some of the different different routes that an environmental engineering major can take? Um, sure. I guess I could summarize it um, based on like you can do like water, where whereas that goes into like water treatment, water quality, and then you could do like air quality, so like emission um, control at like a power plant or things like that. Um, and then another way you could go is like. Um, waste management and also like um, advising a corporation or a government with policy work um, about like how to make your process more sustainable and then um, the other there are um, like a couple more there's like environmental microbiology so you could do like research on like plastic degradation or just like like different kind of things but that's like more in if you're interested in lab work mm -hmm. 
And then um, there are a couple more. There's like a, a lot of resources online that have more information. But yeah, there's um, like a, a broad, I guess, they're all environmental related, but it's different routes. Um, and right mm -hmm. now I'm interested in doing the um, policy work with like environmental pollution and kind of those things. But um, I don't know, we'll see where it takes me because um, yeah, there's a good amount of time before getting yeah. a job, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you be interested in getting like a grad degree before getting a job? Um, that's a good question. I think um, right out of college, I want to um, start with a um, work position just mm -hmm. um, because I want to like use that to inform me um, if like I like this area, if I want to like change it up, yeah. just kind of give me some experience first. Mm -hmm. And then based on that, like maybe I'll pursue a master's in environmental engineering or I'll go for like environmental law. Like there's a lot of different possibilities, but a lot of different aspects of environmental engineering that you can specialize in. Um, and I feel like exploring is, is a good way to to make sure you actually know which part of it you want to you want to concentrate it concentrate on. <laughs> yeah. So, are there any environmental clubs that you're involved in on campus? Um, yeah. So, I actually am part of Engineers Without Borders. Um, they have different chapters for different countries. So, I'm in the Ghana chapter. There's also um, one for Morocco and Uganda. Um, so I joined my sophomore year and um, they have like different teams. So you can, um, based on your interests, choose a different team to be involved in. So they have water team, tech team, um, grants team, and they also have community development. Um, so I'm actually in community development and they take a lot of different students. So it's not just engineers that can join. If like you're interested in sustainable development or if you're interested in like international affairs or like things with like small communities and helping them grow you cannot be involved on the community development team um so for this team like we did some work um creating like educational flyers for how to use the bio sand filters um because the whole um assistance that we're providing this community in ghana is giving them greater access to clean water and like that's by um, drilling like wells and also by installing some filters. So I guess the community development team's role is ensuring that those projects that they do build are well integrated into the community so that mm -hmm. there's like systems in place that can ensure that the benefits can last long term, not just like a couple years. And then like after we leave, like kind of like yeah. doesn't get sustained. So I guess that's what interested me in um, community development um, as like a concept. And then um, there was also some work like evaluating financing schemes for um, some of the filters um, and creating like committees that townspeople could be a part of and kind of like have a voice in the process of um, the project. And so that was really fun. I, I enjoy, um, I'm actually this year, I'm going to uh, 2021, I'll be the community development lead for uh, the team. So yeah. <laughs> That's so great. And this is for Ghana, right? And you said there were other other yeah. areas as well. How did you choose your specific area? No, that's a great question. So um, I think I it was like a club activity spared um, when I went and like I, I want, walked up to the booth and they had mm -hmm. like the three different chapter, like um, I guess the summaries of what the kind of work they were doing. So mm -hmm. um, based on that, I, I kind of... Um, decided like which one would be more most similar to environmental stuff but um they do have the other organizations um 
For example, Uganda has worked with building a solar panel for the community and then using that solar panel to supply energy for a water pump. And then the water pump is also bringing water. And then they have also like a bridge, like a, a footbridge that they built. So they have like a couple different projects. And then I think, I believe it's Morocco that has um, like a lot of work um, with like bringing electricity and like a grid system to the community like if you're like an electrical engineer or if you're doing cs because they have to have like that um, involved too mm -hmm. um well honestly any major can join any of them but um i guess because ghana was focused on water i decided mm -hmm. to join them so. okay that makes sense yeah and as undergrads do you think that ewb is able to make like a very like a, a strong impact on these communities that you're working with um, I think so. I think I, I'm not sure the exact start date of um, the Engineers Without Borders at Columbia, but mm -hmm. there's been like work in other communities in the past. And for example, they built like um, these like latrines, so like almost like bathrooms for mm -hmm. the community. And um, they still have them in use in those um, towns that we had built them in. And like, um, I think some people, well, they, you get to travel over the summer if you're mm -hmm. interested and um, they like go back to visit like the old towns where they had um, helped like mm -hmm. make the project and you can see the latrines still up and like people still using them. Hopefully that, I mean, that's the, oh, nice. uh, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, I don't know, there's obviously like ways to improve the projects still, but I think it's a good, um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like especially as undergrads, you're you're like college students and you're making this impact already. Have you have you been able to travel to Ghana? Um, this is a similar story to, to the real oh, one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually like um, got picked for the travel team. Um, you have to like apply for the to get because um, there's they only have a limited amount of spots, mm -hmm. and I actually got picked for the summer. But of course, oh, um, no. because of the travel restrictions, it would have been we would have helped them more if we stayed at, yeah. at home without spreading the virus. So it makes sense. Is it hard to be picked to go on the travel team? So I think for the travel team, they try to make it as open to everyone as possible. You don't lose anything in applying and they do give it towards people who like show up to the meetings or at least work on like a project, maybe one or two hours a week minimum. And then you have a good chance of getting okay. it. Okay, nice. And working on the projects, like, if you are like on campus, if we were back on campus, how would that look like? Like, what would the process be? Maybe for a water team, it might be a little different, but um, like for community development, we would meet like, um, I think, I can't remember, Hamilton. Yeah, we would meet in Hamilton, like, <laughs> and like each team would have their own room and we would like sit at the table and just kind of like um, either on our computers, like go over like um, a document saying like, oh, this is like our task for today. And then, mm -hmm. It was, it was mostly like online like work. Um, I guess like once you're actually in Ghana, like they might have like um, more like hands-on work. So like mm -hmm. actually building the filters or um, doing water tests like to see, yeah. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like your product proposal and just writing like all the steps out. And then once you're actually there, you implement your proposal. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, and what, what about other clubs that you're in outside of EWB? Sure. Um, so I'm in the Columbia Art of Living uh, Club, which is um, yoga and meditation. And I've joined since sophomore year. And like, it helped me out a lot. Yoga, like, 
totally helps with academic stress and also physically just feel like better, more flexible, more mm -hmm. energetic. And um, so this summer, um, the club shared about like this opportunity to actually get certified for yoga to teach yoga and it's actually it was really cool because I guess because of the virtual setting um uh ashram which is like where they teach yoga in India was offering a virtual like teacher training course oh, wow. <laughs> I, yeah I participated in that <laughs> over the summer it was really fun <laughs> was it like live did you have to go at like at midnight or something <laughs> yeah so actually like the way it worked is they had like this um I guess like online portal where you could like complete the tasks kind of like on your own time but then every week they had a live like a mentor would like talk to you live every once a week and for that those classes I would have to wake up at like 7 a.m because um, it, would, it would be afternoon for them but like I would wake up really early <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's so cool so you got to learn from like actual masters of yoga <laughs> yeah yeah like um like where some people so like go to India to like learn yoga I was like I'm in India virtually <laughs> so oh, it was cool. that's so amazing and that was over this past summer right so yeah perfect perfect um way to spend your time during quarantine too exactly that's it helps me out a lot I think for that um also but um and then in the fall and the spring right now I've started teaching um, yoga for the club so it was like on zoom um, mm -hmm. twice a week so and yeah yeah and I know you're you're offering your time also on Saturdays right yes actually if anyone um, is interested in yoga you don't have to have any experience in it at all it's open to all levels and if you do have some experience that's also good I'm teaching um, Saturdays at 11 a.m New York time and if you're interested in attending um, you can email me at isabella.writer at gmail.com mm -hmm. and I'll like send you the information and yeah, just honestly, it's good for your health, good for your well-being, And I am like, especially offering it for free for a couple months, just because I know a lot of people have been going through a lot in quarantine and it's just a nice way to de-stress Saturday morning. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll definitely, I'll put your email in the description below. And if you're interested in starting out yoga or continuing your your yoga virtually be sure to join Bella on Saturdays um so she teaches for the club Fridays and Sundays and so she, her Saturdays are off but she's offering this to help everyone relieve their stress for free so that's yeah. so nice of her <laughs> now we've already met like a couple times with a few girls who are interested and so far they've liked it so okay <laughs> is teaching yoga very difficult do you think? Mm, I think it's, I feel like most people could do it if um, it just takes practice and confidence and just like mm -hmm. that comes from the practice itself. So like, I guess at first I still have um, hold on. <laughs> a book or your, oh, just like these were just notes of like how I was going to like structure the class. So like first we do like the alms and then I would like write out like the different poses and how long to hold it for. And like at first, like it takes a lot of planning and stuff, but then over time you need to look at this less because you just kind of remember what comes next. So it's definitely just a matter of practice. Yeah. And it's a good way to, to gain confidence, not only in teaching yoga, but also like for public speaking too, because 
Yeah. You're leading a class and you're leading kind of a, a discussion in a way of yoga. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and the way they structured, like you're supposed to do like certain poses first, you like leave your sitting down poses until the end and you're supposed to, you're standing. So there's a, like a sequence to the, um, to the structure and like in order for it to be like considered a yoga sequence, but it's, it's all like once you like, I guess, take a class or something like you, it's, it comes naturally because you have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Any other clubs you want to talk about or any other things you think would be fun to share? I mean, like the reason I like remember that you had a YouTube channel is because I remember we were in Froyo's and I was yeah. like, oh my God, I remember that. This was, this was like, when I was 2019, I think. December. Yeah. yeah. That was a long time. So yeah. Like how we met each other. Yeah, I don't think we like saw each other that often. I think it was like that one time. <laughs> was that the first time we met? I think so. Was it actually? Oh, that's so funny. It was through Michael too. Yeah, Michael and Giza. I think it was definitely Michael because he Michael's like the social guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Michael, um, he lived in John Jay his first year, but then he always hung out in Fernald where I lived, and it was on the same floor, the lounge for yeah. Arnold and I remember what was it we were having was it breakfast or lunch or something and then yeah I think hello. <laughs> Michael had like a breakfast like brunch type thing breakfast. At some club. <laughs> no, yeah and then after that we went to get pinkberry yeah mm -hmm. berry frozen yogurt yeah okay. I just remember oh my gosh I had a huge plate of like mozzarella and tomatoes it was they gave me so much like whenever you ask in fair this was in ferris like whenever you ask for something from the oh yes place, they scoop from, it like, the, yeah they scoop it and it's like whoa it's a lot so i was like i cannot finish this but i don't want to waste it so i just carried it to pinkberry <laughs> yep i think i remember that you remember that <laughs> mozzarella yeah that was oh my gosh i can't believe that was more than a year ago yeah and then we moved yeah. back in march yeah i was thinking like realistically like after this semester we've been at columbia for the same amount of time that we've been virtual at columbia <laughs> like a year and a half is that true oh my gosh i didn't think about it that way because yeah. it was like sophomore after sophomore well it's actually after sophomore like right after sophomore spring when we moved back and then yeah so that's like a year and a half at Columbia. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And what have you, like, besides yoga, what have you been doing at home then to pass the quarantine? Recently, I've been doing this, like, January workout challenge. Do you know the YouTuber Mad Fit? Yeah, Mad Fit. Uh huh. I like it. She's doing a January workout challenge. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> That's so impressive that you actually, I always see those. I'm like, should I start them? And then I get lazy and then I don't do them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're actually like completing it, right? Yeah. I think like, I don't know, like last year was pretty rough for me. So I feel like I had more resolution to like change by it. Like, yeah. I, don't know, I guess like stick to more of my New Year's resolutions this year just because I don't know. I, I, I feel like I just got more motivation because of like the rough times. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like MadFit too. 
I I did her, I like her like 10 minute warm up because that's just a way to like loosen up. Even if you're not going to work out, if you are just getting out of bed um, and you want to, and you're, you're feeling stiff or something, um, yeah. definitely like just do a little bit of movement and then you'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like, just like, even if you do like five minutes, like that's still going to help you just in your day. Yeah. Yeah. Better than zero minutes. So <laughs> definitely. Oh yeah. I was going to say, um, like last spring semester, no last fall semester. So like just this virtual semester, like mm-hmm. I was getting in that habit of like waking up five minutes before lecture and then like in my pajamas, like on zoom calls, like, and so I feel like I wanted to change my sleep schedule and like, just kind of, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah. I just like it was getting into like this cycle. Of, like, uh-huh. yeah. I feel like majority of college students on Zoom are doing that. Oh, I also wanted to ask, um, going back to environmental engineering, why did you choose Columbia for en- environmental engineering? Oh, that's a good question. So I was actually a QuestBridge match. I don't know if you've heard of the mm-hmm. program QuestBridge. It's for low-income, um, high-achieving students. That's what they say. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I participated in the college prep scholars program that QuestBridge does as a junior. And then I was like considering like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll apply to the national college match program. And I was like so nervous. I did not think I was ever going to go <laughs> to Columbia like at all. Like most of the people in my like public high schools don't really like go to those types of schools in the past. Now they're starting to go a lot more. So it's good. <laughs> but um, like, yeah, like in the past, it was kind of like, did not think this Columbia was for me. Um, mm-hmm. but then I was doing that national college match process. And then in that process, you rank schools based on like which one you prefer to go to. Mm-hmm. And I ranked like Columbia first because, well, I was considering like <laughs> Yale or MIT as well, like to, in my ranking for my top like spot, mm-hmm. but I decided to go with Columbia just because, um, I had gone to a Columbia engineering women's like engineering, like I don't know, forum in the city. And I like got to hear people talk about like their experience at Columbia and being a woman in Columbia. I just felt like they had a lot of like good support systems there. And um, not only that, but the actual, like um, I'll bring the bulletin up again. (laughs) I don't know if you can read it, but it says Columbia engineering for humanity. Yeah. And that like message of like, the purpose of our engineering is being to help humanity like really resonated with me because again that kind of speaks to Columbia's like focus on the core curriculum not that like the exact core has to be the same but just the the focus on like having a humanities component that like kind of brings you back to like why you're doing like these technical classes these hard like chemistry math equations it's like for a focus on helping others and I feel like that like really was what brought it down to like for to select this um campus also um it was Columbia's like the only one that had like an ABET accredited environmental engineering program so I guess even if you just consider that that's like enough of a reason but yeah oh my gosh I love your reasons for choosing Columbia that's so sweet and just like a like a good human being for sure <laughs> yeah. Well, you know obviously I'm also minoring in econ so no, no. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. we want to talk about more about your econ minor then and kind of your reasoning for choosing that sure I think um so like I feel like I never took an econ class in high school because my school didn't like offer econ and then like 
um, one of the requirements in Columbia Engineering is a principles of economics class. And so that was like my first experience ever with econ. And I like, it just kind of like shook me <laughs> in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the way that they just like kind of like analyze any kind of situation, like in the government or in like globally, like, and then you can like um, trace it back to like supply and demand and like market forces. It just kind of really interested me, um, especially also because the environment like as a whole tends to be like an externality, which means like it, I mean, it just means that like nobody pays for like environmental pollution sometimes like one factory can do it and then like the farmers or the low income like disadvantaged communities end up paying the price and because it's like not the response like you know what I mean like there's that kind of who pays for this mm -hmm. pollution and I feel like um like in environmental engineering we basically tend to follow like regulations that are in place mm -hmm. and then those regulations tend to come in place because of um, like some kind of economic reason behind it. So I feel like it's just like interesting yeah. for me. Um, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. why I decided I can, not to get like too deep, but like, even, <laughs> like my parents, um, like coming to, um, the United States, like for that land of opportunity for like that economic growth that they saw, like, cause originally they're from Colombia and South America. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, like there was, like a lot of economic reasons that pulled them towards the United States. Um, and like, just kind of like understanding that from that perspective, like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. Also econ is just a useful, like the basic knowledge of economics is a useful skill, no matter which field you're in. Um, just knowing like how to do some accounting, how to just manage your finances yeah. is really important to, to for your survival, I guess, for a living. <laughs> Before we move on to the the fun trivia questions, do you have any la like last note advice for people pursuing environmental engineering? Um, yeah, I guess definitely don't give up. Like it can be challenging, it can be hard, especially with those like STEM classes. But um, definitely keep in mind like your motivation for choosing that field. And um, I would recommend like, you know, when looking for internships, like use um, LinkedIn, use Handshake and Simplicity. They also have good services. Um, and really like, um, I guess, go towards like the things you're interested in. So for mm -hmm. example, um, like whether that's policy, like there's pro um, organizations like Citizens Climate Lobby that have like programs for students and like, a lot of different programs so like for example if you're interested in that like stem policy side even nasa hires like environmental engineers so definitely mm -hmm. keep your options open and um like you got this <laughs> yay that's a good note to transition to our fun trivia questions about bella and about her experience at columbia so first question and I, I have some i always say this i have some but i'm gonna make some up on the spot too so first question is your favorite residence hall that you have not lived in. So which ones have you lived in and which ones would you like to live in? Hmm. I guess like, I feel like I would have liked to have lived in Carmen just because they have like that social vibe. That, um, <laughs> Our I, first, first year dorm, right? Mm -hmm. First year for, um, but then I guess like for in the future, like maybe um, East Campus I've heard is also like sweet style. So mm -hmm. that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, and you get the good views. Um, and it's always like it's always <laughs> it, when we were back on campus before COVID, it would always be like 
a very social dorm as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess other than that, like Hartley and Wallach sound cool just because you're like right on campus. Mm-hmm. No commuting. <laughs> yeah. I lived in Hartley my sophomore year. Oh, you did? Oh, I did the LLC. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Wait, where did you, you lived in John Jay your first year, right? Mm-hmm. And then second year, Broadway. Oh, nice. Both singles? Uh, yes. I know. Actually, the first year was a single, but the second year, I actually had a double. And I had two different roommates <laughs> in one um, year. Because oh. yeah. what, my first roommate, she um, studied abroad her second semester. So mm-hmm. then I got a, a new roommate. Oh, interesting. That's cool. I get to meet meet new people. <laughs> Switching off roommates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay. And second question. Do you identify with Alma Mater or Rory more? Ooh, this is interesting. Hmm. It's like a psychological yeah. analysis. <laughs> yeah. I think Alma Mater. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not even because she's like at the center of campus, but just because she's like holding a book and like kind of like mm-hmm. contemplating things. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I was actually gonna um, like mention some interesting fact about Alma Mater statue. I don't know if you found the owl in Alma Mater. I have not. Have you? I actually found it, but it took me a, quite a while. Really? I never looked. Maybe once we're back on campus, maybe I feel like I have to look before, like during senior year or some, something like that. Yeah. Do you want to share what the the legend is, if you know it? Yes, I actually know it. Um, I, I can't remember. I think I was on a tour and they were like, oh, yes, um, the student who first sees the owl in the statue will be like a valedictorian. Oh. Like, <laughs> thing like that and I did not see it like until like sophomore year or so <laughs> but <laughs> so alma mater is she sits on kind of on low no yeah low steps um and she has this dress or kind of cloak and so somewhere under there is the owl but I don't know what they mean by is it an actual small like owl shape or is it like an actual owl owl sculpture yes <laughs> I'm so curious now. Yeah, like when you're looking from far away, you can't like it doesn't you can't tell at all that it's that it's somehow there, but it is there. Um, Yeah, so next time if you ever get the chance to visit Columbia, make sure to check out that owl under or on Alma Mater. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, nice. Um favorite dining hall if you had to choose between Farish John Jay and JJ's. Hmm, I think mine would be um John Jay which is like I feel like most people like Ferris and JJ's but like at least with the food fest food fight Mm -hmm. but um but yeah I like John Jay just because it has like like very home style foods and it's like a great selection like it has um salad like stand as well and I feel like the food is pretty healthy so Mm -hmm. Are you vegetarian or? Um, actually, like while I was doing my yoga like teacher training, oh, I was vegetarian for like eight weeks, and oh, I actually okay. was vegetarian. I think for a total of ten um, weeks at like two weeks after that. But then <laughs> I just I don't know. I just ate <laughs> meat after that, which <laughs> I mean, it's just because my family like eats it, and I mm-hmm. I didn't like have like I wasn't like cooking for myself uh, on my own, so I feel like if I was more serious about it, I would have to have like, start like cooking my own meals and things like yeah. that, which I definitely commend um, people who decide to do that. It's, um, I definitely 
saw positive benefits from it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do it again sometime. We'll see. <laughs> it's, yeah, interesting. I feel like also because every, I mean, like a lot of college students are living at home. So it's, it's, it might be easier to just like eat what the family is eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you want to talk about what Food Fest is? Sure, I can mention it. So I um, went to Food Fest, I think, twice. In you you got, like, you were able to go? Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh, that's so nice. Yeah, it was, it's a nice event. They have, it's in Learner Hall, and um, they basically have each of the three dining halls, Ferris, John Jay, and JJ's, and they each have, like, a little, like, booth or stand, mm-hmm. and you basically have people um, – taking like samples at each stand so you can like try their food and they serve like um really like gourmet kind of dishes that I'm like oh <laughs> pretty, yeah. like better than their normal <laughs> no, <just laughs> no but it's really good um and they basically have like this like judge panel and then they like make jokes as you're trying the food and there's like um like a voting time where you go online and you like submit your vote for like people's choice um uh-huh. so the judges decide who they think is best, but then you also get to pick um, people's choice by um, mass vote, I guess. Yeah. And, um, another cool thing is that you get a free shirt. I wanted, I've been wanting to go ever since first year, but it always conflicted with a class time that I had, so I couldn't miss class. Um, but it always looks so fun if you go on social media. The food that they make is not your regular dining hall food. Yeah. They go really, really creative in, do, do you remember like any specific dishes there there was like jj's um made like a dumpling but it was like an it was like an interesting dumpling because it had like i don't know like it had some like bacon in it somehow i don't know but it was like a very gourmet dumpling it's like they they use do they use that i don't know if they use like dining hall ingredients or they if they order like extra ingredients but it's just like the way that they played it too is so pretty and just like kind of if you would imagine what is that show called where you open the the oh it's the one where the mystery ingredients and you like make food out of those oh chopped it's kind of like chopped I feel um and I don't know if they use the same ingredients but you just actually I don't even know if it's like chopped but it just reminds me of chopped of the way that they have to make everything taste good and look good and then the judging panel judges who wins JJ's got People's Choice one year, and then Ferris got like the um, like a wrestling band. Like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And who were the famous? There were famous chefs who came to Columbia, right? I think like, was yeah. it. I don't know if I'm just making this up. Was it Robert Irving? Like before we came to Columbia, familiar. I can look him up because they have like cutouts of them, like yeah, and they place them in the dining hall, and they're like, and then it's like signed. Yeah, is That's it? Is that guy, this guy was definitely on one of the cutouts, <laughs> Robert Irvin. Um, yeah, Irvin, yeah. And then Alex Kernashelli, is that her name? Alex Kernashelli. Oh, Ker- I think that's how you say her name, but she also came one year, I think. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to actually have shirts if you want to, I want to show them. Wait, can we see? Yeah. <laughs> Just get them for my. <laughs> also, your room is so neat. Oh, thank you. So pretty. Yeah, I I have like an open space here for the yoga mat, so that's why. <laughs> okay, <let me laughs> oh, nice. Yes. While you're doing that, we can admire your paintings and the chandelier, and also the Columbia flag. 
on the upper right hand corner of your screen. <laughs> yes. Wrapping the school here. But um anyways, I have not the um like food fest shirts, but I do have the cha champion Ooh, um, yes. the best twenty eighteen food mm -hmm. here. Yes, this was for Yes, we've been at the since 1754. That's so funny. Yeah, I love when they give out free shirts. Yeah, it was, it was nice. <laughs> yeah, so we were champions that year. I think according to a certain ranking, I think there's like multiple different rankings for college food. Yeah. But I believe the one where we were champions. <laughs> yeah, they put the banner up there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So what, what would you say is your favorite library on campus Ooh, i think um it's honestly that like business one like the oh interesting yours yes yours right. yeah i've been asking this on my my previous podcast too and people always say either noco or butler ref or law library i had one that's a law library but yours do you want to explain what that is sure um so yours building is like um I guess it's the business school I don't know if there's probably other buildings too in the business school but it's the business building and then in the actual library there's like um like I don't know the chairs are just like comfy for me and then it's like a nice dome shaped like mm -hmm. building like the actual library um mm -hmm. so yeah I think they also have a Bloomberg terminal in Uris. really yes oh yeah like the first time I went into Uris. I was unsure if I had stepped into the library because it didn't look like a library to me. It looked more like a big, like a kind of like a cafeteria style where all the tables are just like spread out across the room and it's just a big open space and people can talk in there, right? Yeah, you can um, talk. And there's also like rooms on the side if you like want to have meetings. Study. Yeah. So that was surprising. But then I, I ended up also really liking Yuris because it is really comfortable. Um, and I, I kind of like it, the kind of like, it has a cafe feel in a way, um, yeah. even though it yeah. is library. Yeah. The other one that I like just like aesthetically is Avery library. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you can actually go to the second level, um, on Avery and like the actual, like, you know how they have like bookcases and then they have like a little railing. Yeah. You can actually walk up on the railing. <laughs> Really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I only, I've only ever like walked in and then gone downstairs. Is yeah. that, is that the library we were talking about? Yes. That one is the library, except instead of going downstairs, if you, sure, you um, go on the first floor, there's like a little like staircase. So it's, <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I need to try that. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, any favorite Columbia tradition? Ooh. Um, let's see. I don't know if this is like, a tradition but like before the semester started like we went with a group of friends to butler like to see the sunrise from a window oh we like went on like the highest floor of butler and we got to see like it was like early in the morning but it was nice Sometimes, like 5 a.m yeah <laughs> oh that's actually i didn't i've never like heard of I, I like that tradition. I feel like we could make that a tradition. Yeah, um, sunrise at Butler. <laughs> yeah, it's like a secret hack. Next trivia question. What's one thing that only a Columbia student would know? Like a secret hack. Yes, I'm trying to think here. Um, 
I don't know if it's like, okay, so I had like two stories that occurred to me. One is that you can like, um, EcoReps does this thing where you can like go to the dining hall and like make your own smoothie with like a bicycle. Like, <laughs> and you like, I guess by turning the bike, you're like spinning the smoothie mixer. Yeah. That's fun. I don't yeah, know if that's so, what it is cool. <laughs> EcoReps is our environmental club kind of, right? Sustainability yeah. club. And they also have, before classes start each year, when we were back on campus, they would have this huge sale of donated books or donated like folders or or binders and things like that. It would be inside this huge room in Wien Hall. And we would be able to go in. The line would be crazy long. You have to go there really early. You can go in and you can buy really, for, for really little money, you can like buy your textbooks. You can buy even like, um, like shelves to put your stuff on. Uh, they just have a lot of stuff there. So that was that was one thing Eco Reps did. Their really big green sale at the beginning of the year, and also their smoothie smoothie bikes in the dining halls. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely recommend the Eco Reps green sale. I got like my refrigerator. I got like these like LED string lights. I got a couple things for the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your other story? It was actually just like um, that um, the Columbia Makerspace. They you can do like three D printing there. Mm-hmm. and um it's pretty fun I did actually I can show this too <laughs> oh my gosh I love this I love that you have all of this to show us yeah so this actually I printed um at the Columbia Makerspace and oh cool I did not design the actual device uh-huh. um you can like download files um on Thingiverse it's like a website where like people can upload and like so even if you want like something then you just want to print it like you have you can do that as a Columbia student and um like you can get like outlet like things or like there's a lot of things you can um, have with 3D printers so. so this basically sorts coins based on their size yeah so I can demonstrate I have a half dollar which is oh quite a coin, but um so oh my gosh oh that's so cool yeah or I'll do with like a quarter um okay Oh, that's so that's clever. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How long did it take you to print? It actually took a little while. Um, I think it was like a, a day or two. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, I don't know, it came out like pretty nice quality. Yeah. Can you print it for free? Yeah, it's, that's what I was um, like saying like hack if you want like a small item that can be 3d printed like if you need like i don't know like a cable holder just like google 3d printed cable holder and um 3d and then you can download the file and then bring it to the makerspace and you can get it printed out another uh trivia question for you (laughs) let's see um what about you i'm curious like between alma mater and rory oh oh my gosh that is i mean i didn't know my own my own answer to that so (laughs) Alma Mater or Rory? I would say Alma Mater or Rory. I feel like maybe also more Alma Mater, but I feel like being Rory would be fun because he is so spirited and he's at all all the school events and everything like that. Um, Maybe for the same reason as you, because she's like holding a book. Because I'm like, I guess I enjoy studying and I'm like studying, I study often. (laughs) Um, But being Rory would be fun because it's kind of like, he's like, in my mind, he's more of an outgoing figure, um, lots of school spirit. So I, I strive to be like that too. 
Mm-hmm. A little bit of both, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, I think that's a good note to end off on. Do you have any last minute things to share with the world? Um, sure. I think um, I was uh, mentioning to you before about the um, COVID project I'm working on. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I actually, my dad um, had COVID um, in December and um, November, and I felt like there was, he's thankfully recovered fully. I know not a lot of people aren't as fortunate, but I felt like there's still like a lot of kind of like that we went through. And I feel like there's a story to be told. And, um, I just felt like I wanted to like help contribute to that. And so I was, um, going to open up to anyone if you are a loved one or, you know, someone who would like to be interviewed about their experience or a family member's experience, um, they could email me at isabella.writer at gmail.com. And I will email you with some interview prompts. It would be like an hour long. And, um, I can even send you a sample of my dad's story so you can get an idea of what kind of um, things we would talk about. And um, my end goal is to hopefully like publish a book with these stories. And, but not only will you like be able to share your story, but um, I'm also hoping to get any profit, a uh, good, good portion of it towards like helping COVID related support. So mm-hmm. I wanted to like, not just be about like, I don't know, like publishing a book, but just really like helping people in the process. So yeah, feel free to um, email me, reach out. I can give you more information. <laughs> I'm actually also interviewing, so I'm interviewing like five categories of people. Um, mm-hmm. So not just um, victims or survivors, but also um, healthcare workers, essential workers, and some students as well to like just get their experience on like the pandemic in general. For sure. Yeah, I think it's a really great cause too, especially because it really affected you personally um, and it has affected so many people on the personal level as well. And yeah. Just like, I think it's really great that you're, you're, taking this initiative to to collect all of these stories and to share them with the world so that people understand um, who may not have had such a close experience with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'll definitely put your email in the description below. So you can email her about this or about, again, she mentioned before her yoga or free yoga classes on Saturday. Do you have any advice for people who might be waiting for college decisions at the time? don't worry like like even if you don't get your dream school or like it goes like a different path than you expect like you're probably going to end up being successful and you're probably going to end up having a great experience that you'll like look back on and you'll be like I wouldn't have had it any other way so just like really enjoy the process um and yeah like definitely shoot um dream big like um the only thing you have to lose is like not applying like you know mm-hmm. what I mean just go for it and yeah. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Bella, for being on the podcast today. I really learned a lot about environmental engineering and about yoga as well and about all the other things we chatted about. Um, I just want to give you a huge thank you again. Thank you so much. And like for taking the time to do this and like, it was great talking to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same to you. Same to you. And also thank you to our listeners. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned a lot too. Just to wrap up the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube as a video podcast, please make sure to give a big thumbs up and subscribe and comment down below what you'd like to see next. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, then make sure to follow and give a big thumbs up and also share with someone you think would be helped by this podcast. And we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye. (laughs) 